I think the best, I think that's like one of the best and simultaneously the most frustrating parts of it is like yeah. when you enter into a new world with new enemies. Yeah. Then you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> ah, no. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And you got it. Okay. Something went horribly wrong. <laughs> what is this like a Street Fighter KO? <laughs> it was pretty funny, whatever the heck it was. All right, welcome back to the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. I am, I guess, still Saul Starsheep 4. And I'm still Dave Gamer, Dave Naples. How come you never give your last name? Do you not trust the internet? No, but I already did anyway, so whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, think it, I feel like it has a better ring to it. Anyway. Yeah, if they care so much, they can dox me. Don't dox me. Well. So, uh, give, uh, following in our, our trend of trying to keep these episodes as... Uh, not not topical, but like relevant to, to new things coming out or uh, new releases, new announcements, what have you. Uh, today, we decided to focus on possibly one of our, well, not possibly, it is one of our favorite GBA games of all time. If you've read the uh, title card, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. This is in, uh, this is in regards to uh, the new re-release, the reboot, I guess that's coming out. Reboot. HD remastering, what have you, of Superstar Saga, and, and what else is it called? On the 3DS. It's uh, Superstar Saga and Bowser's Minions. So some of the the minions I was talking about before, actually, they star in like a little side game where it's like a turn-based strategy thing where like you get these little armies and you have to like clear out your opponent's armies and you get like these little special abilities. When they, when they announced this game, which was a surprise to me at least, um, I didn't, like they just released Paper Jam. And at least it felt like it. And then they're like, oh, and we're going back. Re-release time. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, I love this game, so I'm not saying it's bad. But anyway, uh, when they announced it at E3, uh, I saw a little bit of the the Nintendo Treehouse thing they do. I watched a little bit of the gameplay of Bowser's Minions, which is a little add-on game. And it was... It's all right. Yeah. Like I mean, a distraction. I've I mean, really only ever seen like the release trailer, which you should probably too, if you don't know what this is, um, yeah. just the release trailer about it that released some gameplay for both. Um, and yeah, it, it looks, it's, it's interesting. I guess. It's kind of, I mean, if you want to go back to throwback, it's kind of cool because the original Superstar Saga came with a little Mario side Bros. game. Yeah. It came with the original Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in the pipes and you got to hit the crabs from underneath and stuff. And that was neat. Uh, so maybe they're just trying to sort of follow in that tradition and put a little side game there. I don't know. So let's talk just like a little bit of history regarding this game. And we can't really talk about the history of this game without mentioning Dave's absolute all-time favorite Super <laughs> Nintendo game of all time. Yeah. Super Mario RPG. Super Mario Bros. or Super Mario RPG. Super Mario yeah. RPG it's Legend not bros, of Seven yeah. Star. It's not bros. It's not bros. You. Luigi is not. Luigi is not. Although he was in the uh, he was in the instruction manual, which was one of my favorite instruction manuals, and I'm sad I lost it. But and he's in the end credits, but that's about it. What is what does he do in the in the instruction manual? It's kind of like where you're talking about Professor Oak before, where sometimes he just says little things. He's like your guide through the instruction book. He'll just like add these little comments along the way and 
to say little things. That is so pathetic. What? No, it's like <laughs> it uses his like uh, Super Mario World art, which I love all the art from Super Mario World in general. And he just like pops up and he's like, oh, like, like the end was like a like his game sprite. No, his um his uh his like art from like the box art and oh, stuff. Okay, like from that era. And so he just like pops up through and he's like, hey. The, here's a little comment on this or like it was really cool in that book in the last four pages they showed like uh the party members and some of the moves they learned and what levels they learned and stuff and oh, like okay. luigi would give a little comment on each character it's like oh this character's so and so like oh we're teaming up with bowser this time oh spoiler <clears throat> and pete no, yeah that one's spoiled but peach wasn't in there so they tried to keep one character secret at least oh, okay <clears throat> so uh super mario bros are <sighs> <laughs> super mario rpg uh, was a joint venture between Nintendo and Squaresoft. Uh, Squaresoft back then, and even still now, Square Enix, is pretty much known as the RPG or the, the JRPG mm. master, um, you know, with the flagship Final Fantasy series and several others on the way. Um, they they collaborated to essentially make a, a turn-based Mario RPG. Yeah, and I was actually watching a video online about this. Uh, it was a gaming historian, if you want to check it out, where he was talking about how it was sort of spawned by Square's inability to penetrate the Western market where they had only released three of their six uh, like Final Fantasy games and they sold like hotcakes in Japan and in you know in the West they did okay but it wasn't like they did amazing not amazing enough for them to release all their games and so we got you know um, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest yeah I was gonna ask that, that must have come before <laughs> yes uh... it did yes it did and that game also did garbage because it was garbage <laughs> the game is garbage yeah, yeah. And so they're like, man, we just can't, we can't figure out how to make you dumb Westerners like RPGs. <laughs> and so they came to Nintendo to like, Nintendo, we got, we got it. Mario with a sword. And Nintendo's like, all right, I see what you're going for, but let's, let's workshop this a little bit. Uh, I imagine there was Shigeru Miyamoto just kind of going like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's like, don't you do that to my character. Don't you do that to my baby. <laughs> So that's a, that's in a sense what we have. It is straight up like an RPG of the time. You know, you're a character, you control the character. The uh, the battles are turn based. You go to one town, you you go to a transition, then you go to another town. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful JRPG. But the Mario element definitely changed everything. Yeah. Not only because like the moves are like you know involving Mario stomping or throwing Koopa shells. Uh, even side characters doing you know other things like that it's just the tone was a lot different mm -hmm. the the story was overall much much lighter um than you know a, a, another final fantasy game like everything was just was lighter you know but it, it didn't that didn't make the game any less legitimate yeah um, um i remember i was not introduced to super mario rpg until until i met dave um, where, where he was professing how much he loved that game. I didn't yeah. really get into it until after I met him. And then I did play the whole game in full. And then I got, you know, exactly what he was talking about. I, I don't have the same context as he, because I mean, you played it on a cart on a super Nintendo console. It right? was, it was literally my first RPG. Please. I, I had never heard that term before. Please, please go forward. I, I feel like I should save this for a full episode on this. Like, I don't want to burn it all right now. No, but, but I like, mean... Suffice to say, I had no idea what an RPG was. Uh, I lived in a pretty conservative home, and it was just like, oh, it was you bought the video games with the characters in it that you liked. It was like, oh, Mario, oh, Don Donkey Kong, oh, Kirby. Like, I want these games. And so when it was like a new Mario game, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to get that. What is this? RPG, whatever. It's Mario. Like, I want this game. And I got it, and it was just... I don't know, when you were a kid, it wasn't like, oh, this isn't Mario. It was just like, hey, it's a game with Mario in it. This is different, and you just had fun. And so 
that was it immediately just became like my favorite game and i just was like rpgs 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 and i tried to find them wherever i could which was difficult going forward on the nintendo 64 and nintendo gamecube but you know mistakes were made so um following this uh the one thing that disappointed fans the most was that there wasn't a follow-up it was yeah. never Super Mario RPG 2 specifically. Because Square left Nintendo consoles to uh, do stuff for Sony because they felt like the disc system was much better for their what they were trying to do. And they were correct. Uh, but that meant that a lot of the intellectual property behind Mario RPG was lost in Nintendo, um, specifically characters like Gino and Mallow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. Um, and also they had to find someone else who was going to make an RPG because they didn't really have an in-house RPG, like second party developer at that time. They had to figure out who was going to do that or uh, that's, that's technically incorrect. It seemed like they didn't have one to us in the West, but they actually did. And I think that's the people who wound up doing paper Mario, which for the longest time was referred to as super Mario RPG two in development. Um, so that was specifically what they were going for. Um, and I think they dropped that name due to legal reasons between with Square, uh, but also maybe just because they were like, we just need to rebrand this. Um, and with the 2D element that they were already going for, which is interesting to me that they decided they were going to do this weird 2D characters in a 3D world thing before they had the paper, like the paper idea like fully solidified as like in the title is interesting to me, but that's what happened. So basically on the, I don't really know the history going up to Mario and Luigi, but you know, the, those uh, were the only two Mario RPGs that had come out before Mario and Luigi were super Mario RPG and paper Mario mm -hmm. on the GBA, not any other console on the GBA game boy advance. We got Mario and Luigi superstar saga. Uh, this was uh, developed by Alpha Dream and Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, this was, you know, Paper Jam or Paper Mario had, you know, the gimmick, you know, of it being 2D and like a 3D world-ish, you know, that sort of thing. But Mario and Luigi was pretty much straight up an RPG with a couple different elements. Not only that, but the combat was was pretty close to to what Super Mario RPG was. Um, but they did change uh, several several things in there. Um, I guess we'll just talk about Superstar Saga right now. We should probably talk about the combat since we just referenced it, and we somehow didn't reference it through talking Mario RPG or Paper Mario. All right. Well, the biggest because that thing that was the biggest thing that differentiated yes, it from other in any other final uh, or RPG of the time in like, like the nineties and whatnot. By Square, what have you? The combat was you hit attack and you attacked. Um, you know that that was it. That was your that was your turn based battle. In Mario and Super Mario RPG and Mario and Luigi, what have you, they turned on what they called action commands, which basically allows you to get a bit of a stronger hit if you time a button press correctly with the attack. And different characters had different attacks, different uh, attacks had different timings and whatnot. It just kept you more engaged in the fight than just hitting an attack button and there you go. And while you were defending, it was the same thing. Most attacks, um, depending on which game you're playing, could be either the damage completely nullified or reduced by you hitting a button at the exact moment when the attack hit you or an exact moment during the animation or whatever. So, And this differs a little bit from game to game, but the general idea is all there. So we get that everywhere in Superstar Saga, which again just like increases your 
it, it especially for me because i mean like i've played plenty of rpgs where they're you know it's straight up classic you hit the attack button and you attack right mm-hmm. this one i mean keeps you more engaged for better or for worse i mean yeah eventually that can get a little old you know when you get good at the timing and whatnot but it, it's 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 still different in a good way it's, yeah. a, it's a way to keep you more engaged and it's definitely not action rpg style it's, no. it's just a way to keep you more engaged into it yeah the biggest thing with Mario and Luigi, what it did different from Paper Mario or Mario RPG, is that in battle, the controls and like the button presses felt much more elastic, if that makes sense, um, specifically on defense. So in both Mario RPG and Paper Mario, for like for example, a jump attack, it was like you hit the button like right before you land on them and you'll do more damage. And that was true in uh, uh, Mario and Luigi as well. But on defense, you could control each bro when they would usually it was it's a jump to dodge the attack that's coming in at you or like a hammer swing and the way that it's done it the jumping feels almost exactly like the jumping feels on like the overworld like while you're platforming it's not just a oh i hit a button in this window it's like you actually jump and if your character's like in the wrong spot they will take damage so it it feels much more elastic and less binary it was very interesting and it also made it more all or nothing because in, for example, Paper Mario, you do your block, and it usually just reduces it by, like, a fixed amount. In Super Mario RPG, it'll reduce it by, like, a percentage amount, but if you got, like, frame perfect, like, within three frames of animation, it would just cancel the damage, like, autom- like completely. Um, but that was only with certain attacks. Magic attacks do still do full damage to you. Um, in Mario and Luigi, pretty much every attack can be evaded completely. And if you're not evading it completely, you're taking full damage. So it was much more, it wasn't like Paper Mario was like, you're always going to take damage, but you're going to reduce it a little bit depending on your timing and stuff. In Mario and Luigi, you could go through an entire fight and never take any damage if you were good at the system. Or you could just complete take like full damage. There was no in-between really. Uh, so that was the most interesting thing to me coming to Mario and Luigi from the previous two Mario RPGs. I think that was also like simultaneously like one of the most fun parts of the game and while also being one of the most frustrating was, you know, like when you traveled into a new world, there's new enemies that you've never fought before. Mm -hmm. And then so it's like, you know, you don't know when to time your hammer hit. You don't know when to jump. What's coming. Right. And so like you end up taking a whole lot of damage when you get into there. But you know what? That's like. That's also kind of cool because that's something that you overcome. You know what I mean? You gotta you just, learn. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm better at this now. Yeah, you know? It's not just like, oh, enemy, oh, attack. It's like they're all very different. And they all have, like, early on in the game, one of the big sort of mechanics of the game is you control, on defense, you control Mario and Luigi simultaneously with different buttons. So, like, A controls Mario, B controls Luigi. So, each enemy will usually have some kind of tell, like, showing you they're going to aim for this brother. And early in the game, it's pretty obvious. Like, they walk right in front of that character. And you're like, oh, okay, they're attacking this character. But later on, it can be, like, very subtle. Um, and so you kind of have to pay attention to those things. And different enemies have different things. And some of them have different attacks. And it's a tell not only, like, which brother they're attacking, but which attack they're going to do. Like, do I need to jump? Do I need to not jump? Like, what do I, What am I supposed to do against this specific enemy? And rather than having, like, limit breaks or, uh, or you know, summons... 
They have bro moves. Um, that, that, which was one of my, that was my favorite part of the game. Yeah, it really is. Um, it, they're basically just like combined moves that you use with both the bros that are inc- that are strictly based on your timing. Yeah. Um, being able to hit the right buttons, the right buttons properly. And like when they're supposed to happen, uh, that will reduce, that will, you know, produce the most damage uh, after the, after the attack. And you have like your own meter for that too. Like you can't do that like all the time. Like yeah, you have, you have, you know what would normally be called like MP, but it's called BP for bro points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the exact same mechanic. Uh, but it was just that you could tell like a lot of thought was put into it because there was actually a lot of depth to it. So if you were a total noob, there were three there were three different like levels of the attack you could do, and um, and depending on like level one was the easiest, and I think it did less damage. But you know it still did more damage than normal attack. It was worth it, but it would like slow down every time you were supposed to push a button. So it's like very obvious, like, oh, okay, this is when I'm supposed to push this button. And then it would like go back and then it would slow down again. Like, oh, okay, here I push B or here I push A. And then, you know, it would go off, but it also costs the most bro points. And then you get to level two, which costs the same amount, but like usually I think, but like it does more damage and, you know, it doesn't slow down anymore. It just shows you the buttons, like the buttons will flash on screen. And then you can do level three, which costs less bro points. It does more damage. And like all that happens is like a little like flash of light will appear around the bro whose button you need to push and so it let you progress at your own pace and it lets you have fun and so like if i was like i just want to go straight to level three like i could and i was rewarded for being better at it with lower bro costs and more damage and it was just like yeah like i feel like i'm doing good with this and but you know if you didn't want it wasn't like something you had to earn it's like oh once you do it level one this many times you got to go through slow motion it's like yeah come on like i just want to do it you could just do that if you wanted to and if you didn't want to you didn't have to um, but it rewarded you for doing it. So I thought the way they handled that was really well. And the bro advances were really cool. I was never actually that hardcore to ever get up to the high levels like that. Really? Did you ever, did you never do the advances? I tried I, that, because you were the one who introduced like, those to me. I yeah, tried. That was so, so like if you do a bro move a certain number of times, and I think the number of times you have to do it is lower. If you do it on the hardest mode, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. You could actually like they would, they'd play a little animation and it'd be like, oh, there's a different way you can do this now. But it doesn't, like, explain it to you. You just have to figure it out. So, like, if you do it, um, like, in the slow mode, you'll notice, like, a different button press will be there as an option or a second color will do. And if you do that and then a whole different sequence of button presses, you could do, like, a different move that's, like, better or better in certain circumstances or just, like, has these different, like, aspects to it. And that was super cool. Like, once you learn those and you know them, you just feel, like you really understand the system and you're playing this game now. And it's really interesting because the overworld has like a very interesting way where you control both brothers. Like you switch between which one's in front and you cycle through what the moves are. There's a lot of different cool um, like overworld things you can do, which all pretty much all correspond to a different bro move you could do in combat. Which, well, that, that's kind of moving on to something else here. Yeah, you know, but we're, like, we're... I'll stick to combat. But anyway, the bro moves, that was just one of my favorite parts, was going back in and just doing those bro moves because it was fun pushing the buttons in the right sequence and, like, doing it just in the right timing. And, you know, and if you do it wrong, then you get a little goofy, like, oops, we messed up, and they'll do something, like, goofy, like, fall over, or, like, you know. And the sprite work in this game is amazing. Well, okay, so, so let's let's talk about the aesthetics of the game now. The, the two things that, that'll pop up to me um, in regards to things that have nothing to do with the gameplay itself, um, I guess, well, three things, I guess. Number one is the music, mm-hmm. Yoko Shimamura. Mm-hmm. Number two is the art design, um, yeah. because it, it, it's, it's a completely new art design from uh, a separate from any other Mario game up to that point. 
uh, really colorful, really like, you know, primary saturated colors, you know. Yeah. Um, and three would be the humor. Okay. Yeah. We've yeah, yeah, talked yeah. a lot about humor in games, like when it comes to Undertale and whatnot. It, obviously, humor in games is pretty important to us. Um, you know, or it can be when it's done right. It just seems to be the kind of RPG we're drawn to, like whether it's Earthbound, Undertale, or Mario RPGs, like pretty much what they're all, their calling card all is, is some sort of sense of humor. It's sort of like, it's sort of like it, it's taking itself not to, like that's its its calling card, that it's taking itself not that seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet we're still very much involved in this. The overarching plot of, of, of uh, Superstar Saga isn't too, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It begins like with a, yeah. <laughs> It be, it's it's a common Princess Peach's kidnapped thing, only like done differently, and also not with Bowser being the main enemy, um, at, at least not yet. No, he's not the primary enemy. He's he, around. He's around, but he's not your primary enemy. Your primary enemy is uh, is a bat named Cacoletta, um, eh, and with bat a uh, type thing, bat type thing, and um, Cacoletta's wonderful sidekick, Fawful. Yeah. Um, why is Fawful so awesome, Dave? I don't know. I really don't. He got, I remember when this game came out, he got a lot of press. Like, all of the, like, all the stuff in the Nintendo Power was focusing on Fawful. Like, he's just so ridiculous, and his speech pattern is just weird. And he makes these really weird, like, similes about sandwiches a lot. Like, that seems to be his thing. And you're just like, why are you... Are you talking about the sandwiches? It's and sort of like, and I mean, like if I can go into a little bit of the history of this, my personal history of this game, because I had no idea this game existed. I had known that there was Super Mario RPG through Dave. And I and he had told me that there were two spiritual successors in Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi, but I was like, ah, I don't, I don't have those games, so or well, right? <laughs> I don't have those. <laughs> so Dave and I met. I guess this is going way back. Dave and I met uh, in college uh, when we played together in our university choir and orchestra. We were also both on the setup and the teardown crew, and we would also do summer tours. Uh, you know, sometimes in the in the south, sometimes in the northwest, um, and. It was many times it was Dave and I against the world. So we would just be playing video <laughs> games and goofing and stuff. Um, and m many times uh, during like lunch stops, we would just go to a mall because it was pretty easy to stop off all these kids. And inevitably, there'd be a GameStop in the mall. We would always just go there, check things out, look at the used game section. And there in one of the used games, like little cabinets was Superstar Saga. And Dave freaked out. Um, yeah. he, he absolutely freaked out. He's like, Saul, you need to get this game. I was like, I mean... Do I do I do I do I need to? It's not like you weren't looking for a game to play on tour. Like that's always what you were looking for. I mean, what we were looking for. Right. I mean, I think at the time I was probably because I didn't have a DS yet. I just had the advanced SP. So I was playing probably OG Pokemon or or something like that. You know. Had you found WarioWare yet? Have I found it? Had you? Because like you got that on a tour too, right? That was when we had the DS. Okay. So that wasn't yet yet. Okay. Um. Sorry. And anyways, so um, so Dave convinced me to buy it. It was used. It didn't cost much money. Uh, he was super excited for me to play it. He was definitely yeah. overhyping it a little bit Probably. too. Um. And I remember the the homestay that I had that night. Like you know, another person uh, who I stayed with from the from the same group because we stayed in random people's homes. Correct. MVP. And 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 we it was seldom that Dave and I ever had a homestay together. Yeah. And uh, so the person I happened to be staying with though knew what this game was too. Too, and he was also really? like super excited. Yeah, who was it? It was JD. Oh, I don't even remember. Okay, anyway, yeah, JD, oh, not, my favorite. Not cool. He played trombone. 
He's married. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's married yeah, yeah, to Kaylee yeah, yeah. now. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, he was super excited for me to try that then too. So I was like, okay, now that's that's two people on a game that I've never heard of. <laughs> um and and it was it was pretty it was a pretty awesome train from there. I <laughs> I didn't beat it. I didn't have enough time to beat it on tour, but needless to say, I played it a lot mm-hmm. on that tour. And there was like a two week tour and I got it relatively early. I played it a lot. An awful lot on yeah. that tour. Um, yeah. That game was pretty special to me, actually. <laughs> um, why did I want to talk about my personal history in that game? Because it's a good story. All right. And it shows that, once again, I didn't steer you wrong. Dave. I mean, that's twice in this episode. That's Dave. what? Four times in the last few episodes. This is really getting obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it stops happening, you're, I'll stop bringing it up. God complex over It's here. not a God complex. It's just, I'm just saying, I recommend good games. Good games. Good games. The, okay. How about some humility then? How about that? I mean, humility is an appropriate Never mind. Anyways, anyways, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Please do. Anyways, so the the things that attracted me to that game, you know, it, and not even because it's it's a Mario game per se. Honestly, like that doesn't care too much. I, I don't care too much about that. Like it's a, it's a Mario title. It's a spinoff Mario title. Cool. That's not what drew me to the game necessarily. First of all, what drew me to the game was because Dave was insistent upon it. Secondly, the humor is what got me right away. Um, the whole intro cutscene involves like. Princess Peach, like, she gets her voice. She stolen. gets her voice stolen, and it's replaced with what, Dave? Like explosives. Explosives, because <laughs> this whole thing is on speech bubbles and whatnot, and yeah. so like her words will pop up in the speech bubbles, but now they're like symbols, like skull and crossbones, and like other weird symbols, and then they'll yeah. just fall out of her speech bubble and then just blow up things around yeah. her. Like, come on now, like who thinks of that? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's think of that. That was pretty weird. Um. <clears throat> And and just other things like that. I had already played Super Mario RPG, so I was like, I was aware of like this sort of humor, yeah, s- sort of self aware, not very taken seriously humor, but it was still just really good. Yeah, Super Mario RPG definitely did that, but Mario and Luigi was what said from now on Mario RPGs are about the humor. Yeah, like really, absolutely. Um, and Paper Mario did a little bit too, but it was really Mario and Luigi that perfected it. So and put a huge focus on it. So yeah, the same with me. I love the humor in that game. So how did you come across this game then too? Because it was a Mario RPG and I had my eyes trained like a hawk for any Mario RPG that came out after Mario or um, Mario RPG. Um, did you yeah. get it? Did you get it like right when it released? Basically, yeah. Wow. I got it. The GBA was like an absolute treasure trove for me. The RPGs that came out on that system are still kind of blow my mind. And not just the remakes, but like that was in the middle of like you got Fire Emblem, the first Fire Emblem West had ever got, Mario and Luigi, uh, Golden Sun, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Like that was all like really pretty close to each other. The third gen of Pokemon, the remakes Mm. of like the original Pokemon gens. Like, oh yeah. That was like the RPG machine. And then you also, which I didn't even enjoy these back then, but you also had like the re releases of of Final Fantasy 4 and 6. And you got five finally on a Nintendo system. yeah, that game was that system was just RPG central. And so that was just one of the RPGs that came out. I was like, yeah, I'm getting this game. Like at the at that point I had sort of made it a, tr- a tradition that whenever a Mario RPG came out, I got it and the strategy guide because I just loved going through strategy guides. I just loved the imagery and like the information it provided and all that stuff. It was just uh, I still miss my Super Mario RPG strategy guide. Mm. That, game, that book was so cool. Anyway, so then, I mean, let's talk about the future then, because this isn't the only game in the series. Now we have the second one was Partners in Time, right? 
Yes. Then it was Inside, which was on the DS. Yes. And then Inside Bowser's Story. Bowser's Inside Story. Whatever. Uh, on the DS. <laughs> and then Dream Team on the 3DS. Yes. And then the combination of Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi, Paper Jam, also on the 3DS. Yes. And then we have the, the re-release of, of Superstar Saga coming out on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So... Handheld consoles are obviously where where this thing is landing. Mm-hmm. Um, truth be told, I have not played every single game in the series. Neither of us have. Neither of us have. I have. Although com- between us, we're pretty close. I guess so. <laughs> I have completed Superstar. I have started uh, Bowser's Inside Story. I have completed Dream Team, and I'm about midway through Paper Jam. Yeah, I completed Mario uh, Superstar Saga. I completed Partners in Time. I completed Bowser's Inside Story. I started Dream Team, and I never touched Paper Jam. Now, to be fair for me, speaking personally, I didn't have a DS until, like, I was... Until 2000 set, or 2011. Yeah, it, literally. So yeah, by then, the 3DS was already out. Yep. Um, and so I, I missed many 3D... I missed many DS games, uh, the Mario & Luigi series being one of them. And uh, when when Dream Team was announced, I had I had had I had a 3DS. So I was like, OK, this is what I'm going to get because I love Superstar Saga. And, you know, had I you I, played Bowser's Inside Story at all at that point. No, okay. I, I hadn't touched any of them yet. I'd okay. seen like game trailers reviews on them, mm-hmm. but not 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 actually Rest played them. Oh, man. <laughs> Every, every time, just, it every time it just makes yeah, me so it does sad. Make me sad. But anyway, um, and so so I just already decided. Okay, I'm gonna get this game, and when I did, I loved it. Uh-huh. There there are issues that like I don't say that I loved Dream Team as much as I love Superstar Saga, but this is where we talk about like where you know a game in a series and how it develops from the original. You know, um, Dave in particular, you know, he had been playing a lot of Superstar Saga to try to refresh his mind before this episode. And, you know, there were some things in there that Dave wasn't really enjoying so much anymore in Superstar Saga. Yeah. Well, it's just the overall, it's mostly like level design and like how you get around and how some of the puzzles are very like punishing if you don't get them like right off the bat. Like you've got to walk back down this long hallway with like enemies in it. And it's just, it's just, because you can fall off platforms way too easily. Well, not even, it's not even that it's too easy, it's just too punishing. Like, like it's it's still a platformer which is cool it's got a lot of elements of platforming in it which is fun because the controls of the bros are actually pretty solid um i'll talk about the overworld controls a little bit more now you can switch which characters in front or back by pushing i think it's select on superstar saga it's no it's start select opens the menu which is a little weird anyway um it's start and so you switch depending on which brother is in front or back, you can do different moves. Like if Luigi's in back, he can do a high jump off Mario's head and you can jump really high. But if Mario's in back, you can do like a spin jump that lets you cover horizontal distance a lot better. And the way normally, like the default A and B is just jump. But then you hit R, it'll change like the person in the back's command. You push L, change the person in the front. And like by doing this combination... Like who's in front will command. You can do a lot of different things. It's actually surprisingly intuitive. It's, if it sounds it really complicated is. the way that he's explaining it, you it, should play it. it. It did take me a little bit of time to get back used to it again. But like, I don't remember it being hard at all when I first played it. It might be because there are subtle differences in some of the newer games. I don't even remember exactly. But like once I got back into it, like you, you feel pretty good because you can move through it like pretty easily. And it, it, it feels good because you feel like you have command of the system. Um, but all that said, like, it doesn't mean there's not a lot of like enemies walking around and it's not random encounters. 
it's all like you see them on the map. You can run into them like in Mario RPG you or can also Paper Mario. Them too, which yeah, is which crazy was a, it cool. was a uh, that was a mechanic introduced in Paper Mario where if you like jumped on their overworld sprite or hit it with a the hammer, then you'd enter battle with like a, a bit of a damage like on them or they'd be stunned or something cool like that. Um, so there's all this really neat stuff. There's all these really neat mechanics, but you know, and maybe it was just the attitude that I was going into it in. I was just playing it on the trolley like to and from work and. I just had this. I knew that I didn't have time to get through it because it's about a it's about a twenty five hour game. Yeah. Um. So not like long, but it's an RPG. Like it's got some meat to it. Um. And I just kind of wanted to get as far as I could. And in that instance, I was just like, okay, like I I fell. I don't want to have to battle this enemy. And I'm not a grinder. I'm not a grinder, unlike Saul. So I'm not just like I don't assume every battle is just part of like the game. <laughs> I, just... I guess. Um. So you know, it's perspective, but you know didn't age perfectly and I, I i'm fully admitting that that could have just been my attitude at the time because it, it's like when i'm gonna i'm gonna criticize an rpg for having battles like i know and they're still more engaging than other battles so it's like you know whatever and there's um, been you know moving onwards towards the series you know they take different approaches and you know they you they utilize the dual screens of the 3ds or the or the regular ds too um it they do different things with the overworld you know with every new game they tried something new um dream team in particular for instance i should say um you would enter into like a dream world where now your perspective was all 2d and certain things that you could do with luigi who was on the bottom was on the bottom screen would like affect your environment a little bit Mm -hmm. um and i I won't go into too much detail about that but that's just a way that they're trying to make it so it's not just a platform extravaganza yeah um or just like a typical rpg or yeah the problem with the problem with future Mario and Luigi's titles that wasn't really present too much in Mario and Luigi and Superstar Saga is, in my personal opinion, the overabundance of tutorials. Yeah. Um, Mario and Luigi had a few and they were necessary. Um, like there's like the very beginning where those hammer bros are like teaching you how yeah. to jump over that. Most like, of the time you when you get like a new bro move, it it's in the form of a tutorial and it's like but it's a it's pretty quick. It felt a lot quicker in Superstar Saga. And then you'd have to do like some task showing you have mastery of it. And it's just like another room with puzzles. You're like, yeah, I had a room with puzzles using this specific or platforming with the specific mechanic. Like, okay, cool. Like it felt a lot snappier. Um, and in the new one, it just like, there's a lot more of them too. Like in, in Superstar Saga, you're going to get like, I don't know, maybe like, four combinations of those moves and you learn them like at once and it's pretty quick like in a 25 hour game like that's not bad um but in in like dream team it feels like every new dream world you go into has a new mechanic for luigi and those tutorials for some reason just feel like they drag on so long yeah you know what one thing i'm thinking of right now it feels like the text boxes contained more text than superstar saga i feel like the text was smaller so it went faster in dream team it's it's a bit more it's a bit bigger and more comic sans. <laughs> um, anyway, that's uh, maybe I, I, I don't really know. I don't have to like compare them. You know, I haven't, each other. I haven't played dream team in oh, several years now. Uh, oh, cause my cart's gone. Oh, oh yeah. Where'd that um, go? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've had a good, a great guy borrowed it from me when he's just, you know, taking his time getting through it. He's not so great. <laughs> he's pretty great. He's not that great. I mean, I know him. He's, he's talking great. about me. He's been borrowing my Dream Team card for years now, and he's barely even advanced in it. I kind of want to play it again, especially after talking about all this. But no, hey, no, hey. maybe I'm going to play it again. Hey, hey, I'll give it back to you once you finish either Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy You IX. cannot 
put my game on hostage for your other game. You have to at least be playing it. I've, I've tried. Oh, All I'm right, trying. I'll go back. Well, maybe this is when we should talk about. So the series, as it's gone on, has gotten less and less critical acclaim. Yeah. I think it's fair. So yeah, you're kind right. of the progression of what happened was Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga came out and was like, wow, like what a good, like, you know, spiritual successor. Like, we're never going to get another Mario RPG, but this is really good. And having this in Paper Mario is good. And then Partners in Time came out and people were like, yeah, it's still good. I personally really didn't like that one. And I'll talk a little bit more about like why later but like yeah it's a little bit good but not much has changed it's okay and then bowser's inside story came out and people were like oh this is really good like they introduced his new mechanics and it's really funny like the humor is like really good again and then dream team came out and people were kind of like you know it's kind of the same game and there's a lot of tutorials they were like there's a lot of tutorials yeah in this. it's and definitely then, not me that thinks not just me that that's just a thinks very common tutorials. complaint with the series in general i i think that was probably like coming i think it was a little bit of series fatigue and also just like they were doing more to because this is supposed to be it's supposed to be a beginner's rpg like it's not really but there's enough depth to it that anyone can enjoy it like i was saying with the bro moves like a beginner can handle level one bro moves but you know if you're good you can do the level three bro moves and it's rewarding and it's fun and it's awesome um but it they it's almost like they're like okay every game has to remain a beginner's RPG. In fact, with the way the game industry went in the direction where like we're going to cater more and more to casuals and we want to make it easier for yeah, them to understand yeah. everything, it was like it just compounded on that. It didn't take into account this is a long-running series now and you have fans of this series, so you have to be doing more and making it better, not just keeping it at this base level, which is kind of what it felt like happened. And so this was building up to Dream Team where it just wasn't quite it didn't feel quite as good as bowser's inside story and you just had all these more tutorials and it was like like the game is still good was what the response was but they're like they really got to fix all these tutorials and it's not really doing enough stuff that's new and then paper jam came out and it was just complete like this is just the same thing like it yeah. just feels if like anything the same it's worse thing. because they're introducing the paper mario in there too yeah which introduces its own set of moves and own set of overworld abilities which like sounds do. good right like oh you're making it more complicated for the people who stuck around but it's like no you're just kind of adding more tutorials right <laughs> no that no, that is literally exactly why i i have not finished paper jam yet because i i try and then i'm just like oh god yeah <sighs> like it's kind of cool the way they've integrated the, the paper mario world in there too but it's like it's i don't like having my hand held this long you know yeah. that's what it is it's like i mean that's why everybody doesn't like tutorials or at least excessive tutorials yeah and and speaking about the mario like rpg genre as a whole i think paper jam felt like a little bit of a stick in the eye to people who wanted paper mario to come back to what it was because paper mario started out as the like as the mario rpg substitute like that was it before mario Luigi happened and then even after superstar saga hit you um you got thousand year door which is like legitimately might be like the best crafted mario rpg game like it's up there like i think it and super mario rpg are both just really really good and it was like probably easily one of the best rpgs on the gamecube and like people rave about that game it was just it was just really good and then after that paper mario went into super paper mario which like kept the rpg elements of like health but it was basically just a platformer and it was really clever um, and the story had a little bit more of like the RPG type depth to it, and it still kept that humor. But it was it wasn't an RPG anymore. There were no more turn based battles. It was like enemies and like platforming puzzles, which was fun, but it didn't feel like the same thing. And then you got Sticker Star um, 
for the 3DS, and that was just a complete departure where it went back to RPG battles, but it wasn't... You couldn't just attack or defend. You had to have these stickers, these items that you used, and it was, like, different levels that you went to to, like, get to the end. And then it went to um, Color Splash on the Wii U, which I actually own and I haven't played yet. I feel bad because my brother got it for me for Christmas. But Wow. Yeah, I feel terrible. But, like... I knew that it was the same gameplay as Sticker Star, which I had bought and, like, tried out, you know, and, like, used. And I was just like, this isn't fun. And it just, it feels bad, man. Like, the direction that paper, and there's a lot of discussion in the community, like, why this happened. Um, and it isn't even that the games are bad, they're, but they they were so good. And then they went on this completely different direction um, that was just like, what, why? And it, it felt like Paper Jam was, like, a way of saying, like, no, it is never coming back. You're going to get this Mario and Luigi RPG because this is the Mario RPG franchise now, and he's going to come in, and this is Paper Mario and an RPG. You happy now? All right, good. <laughs> but that's kind of what it felt like. And so on top of all the other issues, it definitely felt like a little bit of a, you know, stick it in your eye from Nintendo. So then that I guess that leaves us the question then, is Superstar Saga the best in this franchise? Well, you're asking that because you know my answer is I think yes. So I, having played Superstar Saga and mentioning my affinity for my RPGs, yeah, I bought Thousand Year Door pretty much right when it came out, and I loved it. And so when I had a DS and Partners in Time came out, you better believe that I bought that thing straight away, and I had the guide and everything, and it just didn't feel the same. Um, I couldn't – I don't remember – almost anything about that game other than the weird aliens and time travel, obviously. But like, it just didn't have the same magic. Like the humor wasn't quite as good. Um, they added the baby Mario system, which took advantage of the two more um, face buttons you had on the DS, the X and Y. So they could do some things, but it, it wasn't like adding two new party members. It was just kind of sometimes these other buttons were useful and like, you know, they added the gimmick where, like, oh, sometime the enemy... Like, I remember this piranha plant would, like, stretch its head and it would go to the top screen and attack from up there. It's like, whoa, two screens. Like, okay, whatever. Um, but it doesn't feel as fun. I think the biggest... Fun fact, that was the first game... So back in the day, there was the Nintendo forums, for anyone who remembers those. And I was on those, and I was fairly active. Um, <laughs> not, like, super active, but I was around. Um, and... On there, there was, like, a spot for people to do their, like, game reviews or whatever. Partners in Time was the first and only game that I wrote a review on there for. And I gave it, like, a 7 out of 10. Because I was just, like... And the people were, like, yeah, this is a good review. But they criticized me because they are like, you're just kind of saying it's not as good as the first one. I'm, like, well, yeah, it's not as good as the first one. <laughs> like, that's its <laughs> biggest... Like, why am I playing this when I could be playing Superstar Saga? And the biggest issue was because they replaced bro moves with bro items. It was almost like a precursor to the sticker star thing. So instead of having moves that you learned that would like upgrade and do over time, or whatever you collected these that were on bro points, bro points were basically gone. I think you just got these items. It was like, Oh, you have five green shells. So you can do the green shell bro attack with this. And I was like, uh, mm. okay. So you'd kick it and then it would bounce back to the other bro and you'd push B and then it bounce back to the other bro and you push a, and you just kind of repeat that a bunch of times till it stopped. And it was like, all right, that was boring um, <laughs> and tedious. Like, what about this, like, red shell? And it's like, oh, it's slightly different. I, like, I don't remember any of them. But I could tell you a lot of the, like, moves in Superstar Saga. 
Um, and not just because I replayed it. Like when I got it back, I was like, oh, I remember this move to this, this move to this. And it's just like, oh, on this one, you like use items, I guess. Like what? Like that's <laughs> dumb. Um, and to be fair, it might be a little bit of nostalgia where the stuff just sticks in my head. Because I, I played through Bowser's Inside Story too, although it was a while after it came out because I was just really sort of disillusioned by Partners in Time. Um, and I really liked that game. I felt like the humor was back on track. I felt like there was a lot of interesting stuff you got to do with Bowser. It was just fun. Uh, but I don't remember the bro moves in that one much um, either. And maybe that's just a commentary on how the bro moves kind of got more forgettable in general after that, where I felt like they were really almost my favorite thing about the original game. Um, well, the one thing I think I have to say in response to that is that the bro moves in Dream Team are crazy yeah they're really they're really <laughs> they're good. really over the top the, and they're i mean they're good i think in dream mm -hmm. team my goodness um uh, well. i mean if we're talking about a return to form a little bit on that i mean that's not exactly a return to form but it is different i mean do you have you done those yeah have you there's the one where you gotta like jump on top of the stack of luigi's and there's the one with the ball i i think my issue they're they're good and they're definitely much more memorable than the other two but my issue with them is is they feel a little gimmicky and a little gimmicky and finicky. I mean, yeah. Um, it felt like there's a lot of like, oh, I jumped on that stack, but I'm just a little bit off. And you're like trying to balance your Jenga tower of Luigi's. And you're just like, ah, er, mm, this is, it just took a little bit too long. In Superstar Saga, everything was really quick. Everything went really fast. In, in Dream Team, it's all very memorable, but there's a lot of buildup. It's like you're rolling on this ball of Luigi's and you're literally, oh, you're yeah. doing it for like legitimately like five seconds. You're just like, all right, I got to got to use these gyro controls to tilt back and forth and it's like i don't i've never been into gyro controls it's just i didn't like, use the gyro controls don't you have to no i think you can still use the control pad uh maybe that's part of my problem but Cause like because I, I mean i'm with you i've never ever no, been one to use gyro controls on a no, 3ds i don't know why they keep pushing for it i mean because they have it <laughs> they put that expensive technology in there and <sighs> so it's like like star fox 64 immersive. on 3ds always asked me if i wanted to do gyro oh, controls and yeah. i'm like no never ever ever do i want this yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure i didn't <laughs> and then and eventually they're like, we're going to stop asking you. Here's Star Fox Zero. No, no, <laughs> no. That was uh, not what I wanted. Boy, Even, no, this is not what I wanted. I want. don't like gyro controls in general. No. Anyways, um, you know, in, in Dream Team, though, I I excused it because, I mean, because I, I essentially came from playing Superstar Saga straight into Dream Team. Like, I, you know, because I, I didn't play any yeah. of those other ones until way after the fact. And I I knew that it was different. I actually I, I mean I sensed that it was way different right away. Uh -huh. The bro moves in general in Superstar Saga take up to about two seconds at the most. Yeah. The bro moves in in Dream Team can take up to maybe either a full thirty seconds. It's like a summon. As, yeah. You know what? That's that's a good comparison. Like yeah. it, it really it really is. But <sighs> Dave, I like the bro moves in Dave in Dream Team way better. It's not that. Look, if you're asking me, th then Superstar Saga. Yes. Oh no. No, I, I think it. I it th just elongates things so much. It's I think like, it takes the it takes the idea of the bro moves and just like and it expands on it. But it like, makes battles last so much longer, and that was what I was getting caught up in. Even in Superstar Saga, I was like, "Man, these battles are kind of they feel a little slow." Because I think one of the big things is, and to its credit, um, Dream Team does better with this. But one of the issues of Superstar Saga is there's not a lot of options to attack multiple enemies. Oh, and yeah. when there are, it's like two. Well, I think there's a couple later on where it'll hit everyone. Um, but th it's very, very limited, especially early in the game. So you're basically single targeting things down, and it takes two basic attacks to kill an enemy. So it's and you're in like if you're in a like a 
like a battle with three enemies, it's like you got to jump six times, and it's just like, oh, this is just, it just takes a while. I mean, for Dream Team, though, it's more, it's like a marvel, though. It's like it's a visual marvel it is, um, to be able to do that. And it's just, and it's cool. I thought, I thought it was way more visually appealing. I think the moves that they cre- that they came up with were were pretty creative. They were. And like and I mean I just enjoyed them a lot more too. You don't I mean to clarify, there are two worlds that you play in in Dream Team and you're not always in the realm where you can do those Luigi moves. Yeah, I don't even remember. what what could you do in the overworld when you, you had like regular bro moves. Like mm. you had the 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 shell kick and you know the the super and the fire flower and stuff like that. You had that stuff too. Yeah, it was yeah. just in the dream world where you had these like crazy moves where you had these duplicates of Luigi form like a giant Jenga tower, form like a giant wrecking ball or whatever like that. I mean, those are cool. Those well, are fun. Let's like, go back a little bit. Uh, what what do you think of the overworld bro moves in Dream Team? In Dream Team, yeah, overworld bro moves. Yeah, like the ones where you're like oh you just kick a shell or whatever. Like the ones where you're not doing like the oh, stack of not Luigi. not in the dream in the yes, dream world. Yes, I mean, sorry. I thought they were they reminded me very much of Superstar Sagas, so okay. I didn't really have an opinion on them. I, I mean, I think they're inferior to Superstar Saga too. Why? Because they take a little bit longer. No, because they're less interesting. Like I, I'm it's just the like, same I'm just thing. talking about then the ones so that you're talking about the non-dream world ones. Right. It's not that they're the same thing because in. In Superstar Saga, it wasn't always obvious like which button you had to push right after the other. It's like, oh, the shell's going towards this bro. I guess I push this button, and then you just do that same thing over and over again. And like in Superstar Saga, it's like, oh, I got to use the hammer on this character, but then I can use the hammer again with this character, or I can do this other thing which makes the move different. There was just so much more variety. Like just having those, and there were only I think between the two bros, there were only eight basic bro moves. And so there was an advance for each one. So that was only 16 moves, but it just gave you the right amount of like customization. And Well, okay, I guess I'll give it to you that that the bro moves in the overworld in, in Dream Team were a little more, it's really hard to fail these. Yeah, I, I mean, they were. I think those way. were very similar to what you kind of got in um, Partners in Time, um, except they went back to the bro points system, right? Like it's not in just dream team? Have, yeah 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 it's, it's not just you points. have this number of items and that's how many times you can use it no which, okay, I hate because <laughs> I'm I I mean also I'll just say I'm the kind of RPG player who's like I have like six ethers I'll never use those no, I, that's me, that's <laughs> I better me too. save them for when I really need them and yeah. then you beat the game and like I guess I never really needed them so I just got these ethers so it's, it always it's felt always bad. like a, like oh man I really need I really need to use these ethers but. But what if I but might really, I really need? Yeah, and it's like you know, I never felt good about like using items in my inventory. I guess even when it would obviously make things easier for me. So um, Dream Team also, you know, I will say this, and I will totally give this up to you. Okay, I mean, because I might, I think there is a good reason for me to argue that Dream Team is better than Superstar Saga. Okay, what's that reason? Well, for I oh, well, are, were you gonna start with seeding something? I'll let you like go on your. All right. Well, fine. Uh, one one of the reasons why I would not argue that it is better is that it does hold your hand a lot, especially yeah. given uh, the the heal the heal stations. There's like a lot like where every save point now true, heals yeah. you. That always on an RPG standpoint bothered me. Final Fantasy X did the same thing. Undertale does that. Didn't bother me there actually. Does it do that everyone? Yeah, it does that every every save point. I don't think it was every save point. I knew it was, it was. I know I know some save points do that. I think it was, it was every everyone. save point, yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. I, I um, like, well, because in that game there weren't ends either. 
an Undertale. Oh, well, there we, were, okay. but like, yeah. you know, it wasn't like you got to town, you talk to this person, they heal you. Like right. the save points were just it. But yeah, um, so that that bothers me in RPGs because it's sort of like, what you don't think I can take a real RPG? You know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Thinking about it now, Superstar Saga, I don't remember it having ends. No, it didn't. And the save points didn't heal you. It didn't. How did you get stuff? Oh, that's interesting. I never thought. Of, I think they're just actually when I was playing through, I noticed they're very generous with mushrooms. So they give you a lot of items. Yeah. So I think you're just sort of expected to use the items like as needed. And but well, it's an interesting just uh, design. Yeah. Like going through the series is interesting. I never really thought of that. So the things that take Dream Team. I mean, we weren't going to talk about this on on this on this podcast, I guess. But we are talking about Superstar Saga and like its its legacy and whatever like that. And Dream Team is part of his legacy. I think Dream Team is better. Um, I think the story of Dream Team is a very interesting take on the year of Luigi, right? Because that's when it came out, right? That's fair, I guess. Yeah, it did come out in the year of Luigi. For for those in the uninitiated, the year Luigi was a short little slightly unofficial campaign by a Nintendo. It was fairly official, and it was a full year. It was an it was like the anniversary for when Luigi like mm-hmm. came out. And so they released a lot of games. Or like mods or what have you that like focus on Luigi specifically. Like this is why Super Luigi Bros. You exist. Yeah. For example. Um. And so Dream Team was part of that, and Dream Team did a lot of things for Luigi. I, I don't want to take it away, take it away too much, but like it got emotional for me straight up. Like this game, this Mario and Luigi game oh, that like true. never ever really gets emotional. Um. Because I mean that's just not what they do. This one did. It doesn't linger there either. It no. just sort of does it and then it moves on, which is a little like it leaves it to you if you want to stay there or not, which is good. I think that's something that actually um Undertale and uh Mother series does well too. And I you know the combat is is pretty much the same. The overworld bro moves are are pretty much the same. The new Dream Team bro moves are better, in my opinion. Mm. The art style is way better because it's a different uh, machine, you know. I mean it's it's good graphics, but like anyway. I mean it's hard to it's hard to really fault, you know. There's nothing wrong with I mean, they're a little bit it's more pastelli, but that is very much by design. Yeah. Whereas Super Saga is very bold and primary. Uh because you spend all this time in the dream world, it's intentionally more pastelli. And I think just kind of more pastelli in general, just as as a theme, which I kind of prefer the other way, but it's like taste, so whatever. And the music is way better. It's done by the same composer, Yoko Shimomura. I think that that Dream Team is one of her best, straight up. Okay. I think it's just straight up one of her best. I, I remember playing the I mean, demo. I can't criticize it. There's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, tell, tell me what song you think is better on Superstar Saga than, than Dream Team. Um, I think, well... I think the overworld battle music is better in Superstar Saga, but I think the in-dream battle music is better in Dream Team than the regular battle theme in Superstar Saga. Um, I will say this. I can't remember the boss theme in Dream Team, but I can for Superstar Saga. Uh, that's interesting. I don't remember it specifically in either. Wait. Nope. That's Dream Team. Yeah, I was going to say that is not Superstar Saga at all. Uh-huh. Uh, I I do remember the the battle theme for Popple in uh, Super Saga oh, pretty Popple. well. <laughs> oh yeah, because the boss theme in Superstar Saga is like a do 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 do. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Dream Team is better. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the boss theme in Dream Team, so I'll, I'll go play it again and I'll take a listen. But it's hard for me to compare considering that I, I have not spent the amount of time in Dream Team that you have. Mm. Um, I don't know. I really liked I really liked the overworld music around the castle in Superstar Saga. The Yeah, I like that too. Or the like Starfield theme. Uh, do you remember that? The yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. So, I mean, side note: that is when I discovered it was Yoko Shimomura. When I that was one of the first levels that's, you yeah, play. That and sounds I remember, very Kingdom Hearts. Yes, I remember when I played it. I was like, this sounds exactly like Merlin's house in Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah. It does. And then I looked it up because I didn't have a smartphone at the time. I looked it up later on, and I was like, oh, it totally <laughs> it is. is. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but the music is just, Dream Team is just better. <sighs> I have I've had many of their overworld themes just stuck in my head several times. I remember playing the demo for Dream Team when it came out, mm-hmm. and they played one overworld uh, song, which is a Mush Rise Park, and I remember just like not playing so i can just listen to that song over and over again i never did that for superstar saga never and that's also i, mean, I did that but that's also gonna, not well, saying no. anything against the music of superstar saga it's the same composer i love pretty much all the work that she does yeah and but dream team is just better uh, i don't know i mean it's it's a lot of opinion right and it like is. i haven't even i haven't even experienced all the music what about the end credits theme uh the end credits theme in dream team is Similar to the Undertale uh, one, where like it plays like a medley from like older themes. Mm-hmm. So sure, Superstar Saga's credits theme is is better. If you had to pick it, like, one song new. from either game, what's your top song? Um, end credits, Superstar, and there's a town in Dream Team called Wakeport. Uh, it's sort of like a bossa nova type theme and whatnot. Um, me- I've I've she completely outdid herself. I said it from the as soon as I played the game, and I'm saying it now. She completely outdid herself on that music in in Dream Team. Even playing Paper Jam, that music is not as good, and I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did Paper Jam as well. Probably Dream Team is just better, mm. um, which is brings up an interesting point regarding the uh, the the re release of Superstar Saga coming out. It's it's her music. I think she's probably also like doing the the new the new versions of it. Probably when they the opening theme for. Well, the opening theme for both games actually are pretty good for Dream Team and Superstar Saga. But that was one of the things I was most excited about. I replayed the new trailer for Superstar Saga re-release a couple times just listening to like the updated version of uh of the Superstar Saga like menu music, you know what I mean? Why can't I think about that right now? Uh, I don't know. Cuz not cool like me. Stop it. Oh, the do 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 Okay, I just remember. I I have that sequence in my head. I turn on the Nintendo, bring, ding, and then a little bit of silence, and then the boom, Nintendo. Then a little bit more silence, and then do 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 do. Man, yeah, what's wrong with those? Which which opening theme do you like better? Well, I can't remember the Dream Team one. Isn't that how it opens? It's like... Oh, yeah. It's like it's based on the battle theme, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I like it. Well, Okay, I like it too, but which one do you like better? I like Dream Team better. Really? You couldn't even remember it? Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for exercising my memory. And it's the same as the battle theme. I don't think there's anything in Superstar Saga that mimics that opening menu that I can think of. Oh, nothing's coming to mind, but I, I mean, mean that, what that all that makes it superior? It's 
kind of. I mean, really, that makes it superior. It doesn't. It, not like intrinsically. It's not like well, this one's original and this one's just a remake, so it automatically makes it better. But like, it gets points. You know, <sighs> it like weighs it has, a little bit I think more. Those are cheap points. <sighs> but they're points. They're cheap. Points. I don't know. This is so like opinionated. It's like, <laughs> I, I like know. this music better. I like this music. <laughs> like know. this is the music I grew up with in this game. That like I played when I was a kid. And you're like, well, this is a the game that I bought with my own. Like it was like the first <laughs> Mario and Luigi game that like you discovered on your own. Yeah, it wasn't it like is. people telling you. And I I still haven't even played this. So like that's like your game. Kind yeah. Of, you yeah know? Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean. <sighs> It's just different. It's really mm. hard to compare, but and all that to say is that it that that's not to say that I there's there's even a lot of things that I dislike about Superstar Saga. There's not really a lot of things I dislike about Superstar Saga. I feel like Superstar Saga is more solid top to bottom. I feel like you could argue there are a few higher highs in like Dream Team, but I think there are quite a few more lower lows. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, you know what? And that's I think not I to do. say everything in Superstar Saga is mediocre. It's like everything is good, and there's a few things that like stray up into great. And like in Dream Team, maybe you get a couple things like, oh, this was really great, but you get a few things that are like, this is mediocre to bad. Um, and and to me, that just really puts it more in Superstar Saga's favor. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's more consistent, like front to back. Like again, like. It's cool that in the dream world you get like slightly better music and like better bro moves, but when you go back to the overworld and it's like hey, everything's kind of inferior, and you spend about an equal amount of time in both, maybe like a little bit more in the dream world, maybe. But if you're like, yeah, this fifty percent of the time it's like a little bit better, but this other fifty percent of the time it's definitely worse. It's just like I don't know that that puts a lot into Superstar Saga's camp for me. So I mean, since we're leaving, and I think I think Superstar Saga has better humor than dream team and it does it does some cool stuff for or some interesting stuff for luigi too the, the running gag where no one recognizes oh. luigi is actually hilarious yeah and i never i'm a big luigi i always root for the underdog like i love luigi and my favorite character in dragon ball z is krillin so these are like the butt of joke <laughs> characters but like i love them because i feel like they have more personality and like they're that's not like everything's just given to them. Like, well, you're a super Saiyan now. Like, oh, you're super Mario. Like, oh, you're the best. You're the hero. It's like, you got to earn it. Uh, but like, I felt like the humor in Superstar Saga, and like, it bothers me with sort of Dragon Ball Super has made it a Krillin where he's like just kind of a joke character. Like, I felt like Superstar Saga handled it really well, where it's like, yeah, Luigi's kind of the joke character, but he still gets these moments to shine. And it's all sort of tongue in cheek and in good humor. So I don't know. I thought it was really good. But I think the humor in that and Bowser's inside story are both superior to Dream Team. I think those are the two best of humor in the series. So looking forward now, so so the re-release comes out in what? Two weeks? One week? It comes out, well, it should come out if we do this correctly. It'll come out the day of or the day before this cast comes out. Oh, yeah. So it's coming out October 6th. Because you ideally do not know when we were recording this cast. Ooh. Ooh. Um, the thing I guess I'm hoping for most when I, because, you know, looking at it, it's the same you know, sort of visual style as Dream Team and Paper yeah. Jam. And that's okay with me. Um, and obviously the music is is retooled, you know, sort you of like, like the this, same instrumentation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm looking forward to the most is being able to hear these themes that I do enjoy. I really like Stardust Fields. I really like the fight theme. I really like the castle area theme. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing that again. I'm really hoping that they don't tutorial this whole thing up. That'll be interesting to see. That's um, that's the biggest thing that I'm worried about with this re-release. I mean, if you haven't played the original, you might be a little bit surprised at the tutorials that are... Because I feel like when I 
thought back on it, I was like, no, there's new tutorials. When I played through it, I was like, oh, yeah, there were, but like they didn't bother me as much somehow. Not in Superstar so, Saga. Yeah, but they're still there. There's not as many, but they're still there. So yeah. I'll, I'll be really interested to see if it's just how they're handling them that is making them feel longer, kind of like I was mentioning, or if it's really just there are so many more, um, or if it's a combination of both. So I'm really, thi- I'm honestly, I mean, I think we both can say this, that like, if you've never played Superstar Saga or, e- or I guess even by, you know, by extension, any of the Mario and Luigi games, and if you have a 3DS, you should probably get this. Yeah, it comes highly recommended. I, I think so too. You know, mm-hmm. if you can't get your hands on a GBA and happen to find a copy of the actual, I think that's okay. Um, you know, I think it'd be better, but I think if you would just rather pick up a 3DS version and play it, because I'm, assu- I'm at least I'm hoping they're not going to change a whole lot from it. It would kind of surprise me if they did. I yeah. feel like it's such an easy, I mean, obviously technology, like they've got to redo it, but like, I feel like it's such an easy port. Like, what do you need to change in that game? There's nothing like, it's not like when they re-released like a uh, Legend of Zelda for Wii U, the, um. Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker. They're like, oh, this part was really kind of dumb. Like, let's shorten this a lot. Or, like, there were a couple things they did like that. I don't think there's anything in Superstar Saga where you need to do that. Um, no. So I, I, I'm thinking, I mean, if you haven't, you really should, I think. Yeah. You know, it, 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 even especially if you're not the biggest fan of, like, traditional RPGs. Yeah. Because this kind of turns it up on its head a little bit. Um, and this this is kind of the game that started up that whole tradition. Well, I mean, one of them. Yeah. Um, I, I really I really recommend it. I highly recommend it for anybody who, you know, barely likes Mario, anybody who's only kind of into RPGs. I think this is just a good bridging game for that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I don't know how over time we are, but I want to end with this. So are you is this like an insta buy for you? As someone who played Superstar Saga, who still you still have it, right? And you still have a GBA. Oh yeah. Uh and you have you've played the last two Mario and Luigi games. Um mm-hmm. is this like yeah, I'm gonna buy that when it comes out yes for you yes okay. no no hesitation yeah i i'm hesitating a lot oh really yeah and it's not i've just kind of come to i didn't enjoy partners in time when i purchased it you know and that was actually the last mario and luigi game that i purchased my my sister purchased bowser's inside story and i borrowed that one from her and it was really good and then Dream Team, obviously, I have someone else's copy. I mean, no, who's, I'm sure they'll get it back someday. Um, and then I never bothered with Paper Jam because it just looked like more of the same. So yeah, I'm just I like, with Paper Jam. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, and and I know that Superstar Saga re-release is going to be better than Paper Jam. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's going to be better than Dream Team. But that's you know whatever, and it's going to be better than Partners in Time. But I'm just like. I mean, I have this on my GBA. I'm playing it on my DS. Like, am I able to work? Like, do I need this game? Like, and I'm still working through Dream Team. Like, I don't know. The, the magic of this series has sort of been lost quite a bit for me. And I think I think the original concept of Superstar Saga, um, one of the coolest things about that game, and I didn't even get into this, was the enemy design. Because, like, it takes all these old-school Mario enemies and, like, turns them into, like, RPG enemies, you know? Like, um, you remember, like, the last sort of boss rush in Bowser's Castle where you actually got to fight the Koopalings? Yeah. That was, like, the first time the Koopalings had shown up since Super Mario World. It was, And, like, you fight all these enemies who are, like, they're not traditional Mario enemies anymore. Like, you fight the flies that, you, that were in uh, Super Mario Bros., like, in the, you know, in the pipes or whatever. 
those flies they made into enemies and you'd never seen them before. It felt like they really felt like it was a love letter to the Mario series where they went back and they found all these enemies and they're like, yeah, we're going to use this enemy this way. And this character is going to do this now. And like there were oh, Dr. Remember, Mario viruses. Yeah. Too. I was just about to mention those next, the Dr. Mario viruses. So they like went over, there was even a Geno cameo in Superstar uh, Saga that will always hold a special place in my heart uh, just for the fact that they bothered to do that. Um, there was just it was like a love letter, and in the in the newer games, and like yeah, you went into the Bean Bean Kingdom, and there were some new enemies, but it was like all sprinkled in, and now I feel like it's kind of just like the new stuff, and or like, it's just not quite, or like it's oh it's Mario enemies, but they're paper now because paper jam, and you're just like yeah whatever, like it's the same thing, like don't try to don't try to fool me, like I know what a Goomba is, like, <laughs> um, so I just. It does not saying that it does make me interested to see all those cool enemies like back in you know on the 3ds and stuff. So well, I'll tell you what I'm I am gonna buy a digital copy so that you can't borrow oh, my card and keep man. it man. You don't want that. The the art on the box looks really cool. I know, but if I let you borrow it, I'm not getting it back. <laughs> You'll get it back. I, I won't. I will not get it back. But I'm just not sure it's worth forty bucks. You know. Might not be worth, and I'm not interested in the side game. Like, are you interested in the side game? Not really. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I still don't have, like, this is kind of like a priorities thing where I'm just like, I don't have a Switch yet. Like, I kind of want that. And, yeah, like, that's nagging on me too. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, and it's just like, I, I really want to play Pokemon DX. Like, I really want to play Pokemon DX. And like, there's even other games on there that are just like remakes. And like, man, I'd really love to play them. Like, I'd love to have Mario Kart 8 on the Switch, even though I have it on the Wii U. I don't have all the DLC and be able to take it on the go. Like, that's super cool. And like, even some of the other games like Disgaea, where it's like a collector's edition, that game looks really interesting to me. Or like when Mario Odyssey comes out, obviously, it's just like Splatoon 2. For you, yeah. <laughs> it's super. Um, but like even there's just so many other games. Like I'm still trying to figure out some way to get my hands on Dragon Ball Fighters when I don't have a PS4, Xbox One, or a PC that can handle it. I'm just like, I need to find a way to get this game because it looks so good. And so like comparing all that to like mario and the, like the mario and luigi re-release i'm just like man i could just play it on gba there's absolutely nothing wrong with playing it on gba like i don't feel like this is a game that it didn't need a re-release and it's really interesting that they're doing it now like it feels like paper jam just came out and like it's really been i don't know if they're trying to reboot the series or like what but it, it's it's an interesting decision and I, it just i don't know if it's for me right now well, I might end up being the guinea pig then when yeah. it comes to that. And you know what? I mean, maybe, it's not even like maybe a, I want someone to tell me that it's good. It's like someone's going to play, like, yeah, it's good. Like, I know it's good. It's Superstar Saga. Like, that doesn't surprise me. But, like, I mean, if you maybe a guinea pig of whether it's worth it when you have the original still and yeah. it's easily accessible, I don't know. Because I, I have the original. Yeah, you do. And I'll be able to see <laughs> compare them right away and whatnot. Yeah. So I think, I guess in basic conclusion, we can sort of say, you know, if you've played the game before, if you have it on GBA or whatever, maybe wait. Maybe wait to see like if it's really worth the hype of getting a I mean, re-release. Itch, I mean, if you got the money and you got the itch, like do it. I, I'm just saying, like I'm in a position where there's so many games, and I'm I'm an adult now, and I have to do adulty things. But so. if you've if you've never played it before or a Mario and Luigi title, you probably should. Yeah, it'd be a good way to start. I mean, it's you a great it. entry point. It's the first game. It's I think the most overall solid top to bottom. So yeah, right. Um, I think that about that about does it. Yep. Huh, Dave? Yep. All right. That's well, thank you guys for listening to us uh, yet again. Give a nice little love letter to a game that we Episode love so much. Six. Episode six. Episode six. How about that? 
Uh, special thanks uh, always again to Danny Barry Huvert for the wonderful art. Uh, also, special thanks to the combined efforts of OC Remix, Rob KTA, Expert Novice for the wonderful intro and outro music. Please uh, find us on social media on Facebook and uh, iTunes as well. We are definitely on iTunes. We are definitely now. on iTunes. So Hallelujah. five star reviews, easy. Um, anything you write is a big help on there too. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, uh, I am still, for some reason, Saul Starship Four. And I'm still Dave Gamer Dave Maple. And we'll see you in the next one. Take care.